your weekly fix of Asian music. This is Asian Pop Nation. That was the latest from Japanese girl group Fakey with their song Diamond Glitter. You're listening to Asian Pop Nation, providing you with the glitter and sparkles to your Tuesday night. Every week. Before that, we also played Bet Bet from New East. And the reason why we have it there is because they have broken up this year. And guess what else is happening? Like right now, it's my last what show. What a bummer start. <laughs> oh, why did I we start it like that? Well, gotta start it like heavy in the intro. Oh but God. yeah, Alicia has given me the privilege. Thank you, Alicia, to cater the playlist. It's my last time to do it. Thanks so much. You're going to hear a lot of just nice music. I didn't go hard on this one this time and then play trash. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to have some exciting things to discuss throughout the show tonight. So stick around for us talking about the Future Diary. We've got an awesome interview with Grant Perez done by Lee and Leisha. They did an amazing job on that. Yeah. So let's continue on <laughs> with the next song called Overflow. This is Yon Yon and Hito Mitoi. Yo, 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 what's up? You're listening to Asian Pop Nation on Sin. The song you listened to just now was Edamame by Baby No Money featuring Rich Brian. And before that, we also played Overflow by Yon Yon and Hito Mitoi. And Come Der Gasson, the Bravo remix by Rina Sawayama featuring Pablo Vitar. Now, we have a very cool special segment today because, uh, as we mentioned earlier, it's Celeste's birthday. Yay! Clap, 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 clap. But anyway, uh, Celeste actually selected all the songs for this show. And so we're going to have her talk to us about the songs she likes. So, Celeste, uh, tell us something about one of the songs you pick, yeah? Yes. Uh, well, <laughs> like the playlist in total is just like me vibing to these specific songs over time. Like these oh. artists that I enjoy sort of thing. I could have gone like really hard on like some songs and had like super hip hop. Um, oh yeah, say <laughs> colorful lyrics throughout oh. the whole playlist, but I don't oh. think Leisha would have. I, I mean, Leisha would have enjoyed it in her own time, but I wouldn't be <laughs> 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 for radio, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, one of well, I'll talk about two songs. Uh, the first one that I can think of right now is um, BAPs feel so good. And- reason why i have that on there it's not because i like the ap but because they were the first k-pop concert i ever went to and experienced yeah my friend dragged me to it um she didn't want to go alone and she paid for my ticket so i was like why not oh my god (laughs) there were expensive tickets too oh my my god God, really wait were you already into k-pop before this or was this like your first time being exposed to it um first time Aside from Gangnam Style, I also didn't <laughs> want to get anywhere near it because I was like, ew, boy groups, ew. Ew, boys, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so they dragged me to it. And then now, because they've broken, the group has broken up. Um, and I listened back in 2020 and then I started enjoying their songs. Oh and like God. I had right. mad regrets because I don't remember what songs they performed, but I like some of their songs now. Okay. Oh, yeah. that's kind of sweet. That's a ni- that's like a nice origin story for Celeste. <laughs> yeah, but it isn't the song that got me into K-pop. Um, <laughs> oh, all right. that happens to be BTS. I was sitting in a hotel room with some friends in Korea, and I decided to play a live performance of Fake Love, and um, that was great. <laughs> Where Jungkook oh. lifts his shirt, there's abs. Yes, cool. Whoa. Right <laughs> <damn. Damn. laughs> yeah. So that was where that spiraled down. Um, but the cool. other song 
I have on the playlist and I have it there is because the artist actually interacted um, or like just commented on one of the posts on Asian Pop Nation when we played it um, back in the day and I didn't understand what he was saying he was like how do you like those peaches um, so the artist is Goose there um, from Singapore and so I put the pinyin Suntao I didn't know it actually means three peaches or something along those lines and okay my Asian parents would be so disappointed in me. Like my ancestors would just, yeah. I like. I wanted to be like the song expert Tracy to give her full like analysis of this. But I honestly, what do can you tell most... about Celeste from her song choices? Yeah, yeah psychoanalyzer. <laughs> I don't know most of these songs, honestly. I guess Celeste is really like really um hip with the times and down with the asian scene <laughs> asian pop scene no i uh, i really liked her choice of um nanchun by sesonyon because they're an incredible korean band uh led by a very cool front woman Hwang soyun um and they're touring the us right now so i was really happy to see nanchun i think nanchun went like viral on spotify a while ago and i think last night um they performed in london and there was this video of them mm. singing this song along with their british crowd so a bunch of just british people with british accents singing along to all these purely korean lyrics mm. and it was like a thing of beauty um so yeah i'm very happy to see nanchun on the list yeah nanchun is the song that i want in karaoke because i can actually sing along to it but karaoke where it doesn't have it so i just sing it at home <laughs> wow Oh yeah! Oh yes! I just wanted to say yes. The one VAP song that Celeste chose in particular. Um, the viewers don't know, but it's like we have a whole system of how like we prepare the songs and stuff like that. And I wrote like a little note about it because this song, the moment Celeste put this particular VAP song in my list, it like transported me back into a time because this is this is such a good summer jam, such a good pick, Celeste. I just love that one. And my only question in terms of your pick um it's just because the title of this one was a bit like i was like huh even now i'm still looking at it i'm like huh i do i just need a little explanation about it um yeah it's the one uh there's this one song in particular top ham hot koi and the title is a skirt <laughs> okay yeah so top ham hat Kyo, he's a rapper um he like produces his own music and stuff um, this isn't even the strangest of songs that he's got. He's got this one called Princess, which is like a weird jazz, but like upbeat, and it's got rap in it. Um, cool. So if you get a chance, check it out after the show. But SKO is like a more chill pop, hip hop song, and he's just, he's fantastic at what he does. Yeah, give it a chance. Have a listen. Have you listened to it, Leisha? Or are you just <laughs> looking at it, just judging it by the title? Yeah, okay, maybe I'm being a little bit judgmental here and just like, I'll just see the title, I'm like, Hmm. And it's all in like full caps, which makes it even more like 10 times more intimidating to look at. I'm like, huh, interesting. He's brilliant at what he does. Um, There is a live video on YouTube of him performing or just like rapping with Thomas the Tank Engine in the background. And it's Excuse just the yeah. same say, yes. Yes, Boy. Thomas the Tank Engine. Like Thomas the <laughs> Tank Engine. Yeah, yeah. it's like the like... exact right like BPM for like a lot of rap songs. So you can put over like um Gangster Paradise or like oh, yeah. like a lot of what? old gangster rap songs over the Thomas the Tank Engine beat, and it like tracks. Like it works. Yeah, On no, side I've also heard people rapping Dr. Seuss books, and they like re they go hard, man. Really. <laughs> Damn. 
yeah, so I hope you enjoy the songs for tonight. Um, don't hate me. Like, uh, you can't comment and send it to me anymore because I'm gone. <laughs> oh. oh, all the complaints just go straight to us now. Yeah. Perfect time to do it, Celeste. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect time. Oh, but anyway, yeah, those were Celeste's songs. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of the show that's to come. Next up is actually Feel So Good by BAP because we are just feeling so good right now. This is Asian Pop Nation. Uh, if you've got any opinions or comments about Celeste's music, which she won't read anyway, probably let us know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, yep, enjoy the show. Welcome aboard to Asian Pop Nation, where we provide all the latest Asian music and pop culture content right here on Sin. My name is Leisha, and if you're just joining us now, we just played three songs, which are all picked up by our very special APN team member, Celeste. The very last song you heard comes from the Malaysian artist Alex TBH, with his song called Between. And then right beside his song, we have another great R&B track coming from Thai duo Lust with their song song called 24-7, before finally the very first song you heard from this trio comes from Korean male group BAP with their song titled Feel So Good. A very fitting song title to match my emotions as well as our APN team member Lee's emotions when we got the incredible opportunity to interview this very special artist. If you tuned in to one of our previous shows this season, you might have heard us talk about attending this guy's Melbourne show as part of his sold-out six-day tour across Australia. He also has an incredible discography, not just because Lee and myself said so, but as shown through him having over 65 million streams overall within the span of two years. And honestly, we could go on and on about this guy because... He's just amazing, but I think it's time to put our hands together for Filipino-Australian artist, Grant Perez! So, hey, you are tuning in to Asian Foundation with myself, Leisha here, and I'm, I'm of course joined by my partner in crime, Lee, plus a very, very special guest who is kind of the East Sydney rising artist with incredible viral hits such as like Cherry Wine and just... Honestly, a plethora of these incredible songs from an incredibly talented artist. We have Grant Perez in the building. What's up? Thank you guys for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Um, so some of our listeners already know this, but me and Leisha are actually big fans because we have talked about going to your concert in one of our previous shows. But for those who are unfamiliar with you, would you like to introduce yourself? Um, yeah, what's up guys? My name is Grant. Uh, I am 20 years old, Filipino, um, based in Australia, obvs. Um, but yeah, uh, I've started off my, um, journey in music maybe in the past two or three years. Um, officially releasing my music last year and I just wrapped up my first ever Australian tour. So that's exciting stuff for me, I feel. Yeah, no, it's so... Okay, we we mentioned earlier that we went to a concert. It was just 11 out of 10. But yeah, so we will get more in depth about your tour and all that stuff. But firstly, we want to talk about the music because, again, mainly obsessed with your whole discography, honestly. Your super highly anticipated debut EP, Conversation with the Moon, was released earlier this year. Again, just love the album so much. Lee and myself were playing it nonstop. But yeah, we just wanted to know what does this album mean to you personally? And kind of like, which song did you kind of have the most fun creating? Um, 
Yeah, it was. I think it was fun throughout the whole thing. Uh, the whole EP to me is kind of. I think it's just a good establishing point for myself because I feel like that album doesn't really stick to one genre. I think it has traces of a similar genre throughout, but it's definitely scattered.、Uh, I'd say the most fun song that I had on that EP would probably be "Why I Love You." That one was killer. To make, especially that chorus with the um, yeah, um, that one was definitely really, really fun. Followed by Cherry Wine, um, you know, obviously that hit quite, quite a few numbers. But um, this was actually mentioned in a previous interview. It uh, I think subconsciously I was inspired by um, the Bear in the Big Blue House. So that one was a killer of a uh. Aussie TV show, not really Aussie, but like a kids TV show. So I think subconsciously by that, and even、um, talking to the moon. Oh, actually, the first song that was properly written for that EP was、uh, "Conversations with the Moon," which is a song that I wrote to、uh, ask my misso, my current misso, out.、Uh, so yeah, so funny, funny story behind that. Yeah. Wait, that is so cute. I like to think so as well. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So you also released. Your new single titled "Wishful Thinking," eleven out of ten song, by the way. Thank you. So, for our listeners at home, could you give a little bit of backstory behind this new single, and what do you want people to take away from this song, or even from your music in general? Yeah. So,、um, with that song, I kind of imagined a world where、um, I didn't really ask out my partner. So, just like, oh, what would happen? You know, I kind of thought about that movie, Suddenly Thirty or Thirteen Going on Thirty,、uh, with the concept being time has passed and you didn't, re- you didn't even know that that person liked you. So that's kind of what I、uh, conceptualized from the、uh, from the song.、Um, I think if there was something to take from my music, it would be that I do love storytelling, even though maybe it doesn't seem like it、uh, in my music.、Uh, definitely keep an eye out for the lyrics. Not the wittiest lyrics, but it's definitely an experience. Even with the、uh, tone of voice as well, I feel like there's something there that can really grab your attention. So I think there's quite there's quite a bit there's quite a bit to unpack with them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Again, yes. Our listeners, if you're listening right now, again, give like the album listen. If you're already like a casual listener of Grandpa's music, maybe this is your sign to like just take a little like. Look into the lyrics and just like dissect it a little bit more. And yeah, what's even better about listening to these songs like just casually is also hearing them live. And this is where we're gonna be <laughs> diving <laughs>、nice、into.、Segue. Thank you. <laughs> I try, but we're gonna talk about the tour. So yes, you recently did wrap up your first tour, and kind of like we just want to know what were like your expectations before the tour, and how was like the whole experience. Afterwards, oh, it was kind of nerve-wracking at the start. To be honest, I didn't really have too high or too many expectations. I should say, I kind of went mind blank just thinking about it. I was like, "Yep, it's gonna happen."、Um, so I had my first ever show properly on stage at Groove in the Moo.、Um, so I did the three-day festival. I、uh, did the morning shows, and that already like set me up. It warmed me up nicely. Because it got me in front of an audience that wasn't necessarily that big, because I was like the second show of the morning, and you know people were still coming in, but people still came to see me, which was insane.、Um, so I warmed up throughout that whole period of time. Did some stuff for Apra and Spotify.、Uh, I watched my Apra performance. If you see it, don't look for it.、Um, but it's alright. I think I did okay. The Wiggles said I did great. 
Oh my god. That's really cool. <laughs> the biggest yeah, honor. Right? Um massive honor. But in terms of my actual headline shows, that went bloody amazing. Uh, Melbourne was obviously my first show of the stint and you guys did not disappoint. That was so 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 fun. <laughs> there was a moment um there where I got I kind I kind of got fuzzy in the nose cuz um I was like, "Oh man, this is beautiful. Like this is crazy, right?" having people sing your song and like having this many people that you know associate with you um but what i what i think what i've come to terms with with the people that are in like this community my community is that we're very very much alike we're very very much the same uh types of people so i think it's super super easy to interact and get along cuz it's like performing in front of your mates which is sick you know i think that's the atmosphere that i tried to uh create and i think it's working out Yeah, and like some of these shows sold out super quickly and that was like your very first tour. So how did that feel? And also what would be your like dream venue or even country to perform at in the future? Um, let's see. Uh, it actually felt crazy. I remember at Workers Club, so the Melbourne show, they officially said like to the team and to me that They haven't seen the Workers Club that crowded since Guns N' Roses played like ages ago. So that was insane. Like they so everything was packed and then they bloody sold more tickets just for lols. Um so that was insane. Um I suck with like finding historical values in uh certain things. Like I'm very very uncultured in that sense, but from what I've seen, I would love to play uh Madison Square garden um i think partially because wolfpack played and they bloody sounded so 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 good but dream locations i'd love to do asia i'd love to go up to indonesia i'd love to do philippines even japan ah oh, that'd be lovely oh and new zealand because the scene there is beautiful that's like a nice collection i feel but yes don't forget Melvin we would love to see you again at Hong Kong Live it was oh, the definitely. concert was just so beautiful but yeah <laughs> but yeah we're just going to do a little bit of a I'll say rewind moment just going a little bit have a little backstory moment because you've actually been posting like original song content plus song covers on your YouTube channel for yes. quite like many years like your first video dates back to like 2014 I think but yeah so singing and music has obviously been quite a prevalent part in your life throughout all those years so we're just kind of curious about like how exactly you got into music and like who really influenced your music style during those times and maybe even now I'll let you in on a little uh secret there's actually earlier videos oh my god <laughs> I'm not going to tell you where to find them there's videos from like 2006 on there of me yeah what how during that time that it was mm, I don't know I don't know <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> um but yeah music has definitely been a part of my life throughout my life uh, I definitely was never trained like I was never done I never did classical I never did piano I wish I did piano I wish I learned sheet music I wish I did all that stuff but it didn't happen and maybe I have to do that now uh but my siblings definitely kept me in the bounds of music uh with them listening to R&B and stuff like Usher, Music Soul Child, uh Frank Ocean when he started releasing all of those people. It really really brought me into the uh soul side of music. Like I think that's where I got my vibrato from and all that stuff. And I think I grew up with a very very particular taste 
Um, especially with my parents, because they also listened to music. Didn't really play anything, but definitely listened. And he got me onto old folk uh, groups, such as Bread, The Beatles. Bread is definitely something you guys should listen to. It's very, very calming. If you like my stuff, you'll definitely like Bread. Um, Bread, The Beatles, Eagles, and all that stuff. So I definitely had an arrange uh, of uh, an array, sorry, of music that I listened to. Um, in in terms of covers and stuff, the my siblings definitely um, pushed me onto doing that. They kept suggesting it to me, saying, "Oh, you should upload covers. You should do your own stuff. You got you should write your own music." I never wrote my own music, but I did do covers. And yeah, the first song that I ever wrote fully. Oh, actually, I was five years old when I wrote my first song. But after that, I the first song that I properly wrote was for a youth group that I used to be a part of. Um, and yeah, so. That's I think that's the story up till now, and then um, there's a there's definitely a few details missing, like all the covers and stuff. But uh, that's that's the gist, yeah. Right. So do you reckon you've grown up in a pretty creative household? Definitely a creative household. My sister, uh, yeah, my sister drew a lot, uh, painted a lot. Sorry, and my brother drew, and so all of these um, little pictures and stuff are my drawings as well. Um, yeah, I'd say we definitely had our creation. <laughs> mm. And you also have a side art account on Instagram, right, for art? I do. I do. Grantis Palantis. Thank you. Yes. Go follow it, guys. Thank you so much. Oh, hell yeah. You're amazing. Also, I also noticed uh, your names are so cute. Um, Leisha and Lee. And you guys are like besties, pretty much. Oh, my right? God. Yes. Oh, God. Yeah. Like that's... Yeah. <laughs> Was that 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 that's that's a, that's such a cute and crazy coincidence? Yes, Lisha, my partner in crime. So cheesy. That's so cool. <laughs> um. So, oh yeah, since so we're doing this interview, uh, like around the end of May, and we're kind of approaching the end of like the first half of 2022. Why did I almost say it was going to be the end of 2022 in general? Very ominous. Whoa. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> but yes, we're kind of slow, slowly approaching the end of the first half, and I would say. How would you personally kind of like sum up this particular like time period for yourself as an artist at the moment, you know? Um, I think it's definitely an exciting period. I think it's very, 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 very much an establishing period of time. This year is definitely coming to terms with who I am as a traveling musician and a musician in general. Um, as tours are becoming more and more common now. So I think it's definitely been exciting. I don't want that excitement excitement to go away, so I'm cherishing every moment of it. But it's very, very fun so far, I'd say. Okay, yeah, so you mentioned tours are becoming more and more common. So any future plans for you? Maybe a world tour? Um, so I was actually uh, supposed to do a tour in uh, July. It was just like in the talks, and I think a few dates were confirmed, but unfortunately I have to cancel. But I can say properly... I'll be back in September and for doing an, doing another Australian tour. Nothing's fully confirmed or set in stone, but this is all speculation. This is just food for thought for you guys. So September, Australia, America, Canada, UK and Europe in November. So just like little mini tours around, yeah. And then maybe Asia next year. Mm, who knows? Who knows? But wow, that is that was just a mind-blowing moment. I was <laughs> wow, like you are just skyrocketing skyrocketing and like kind of going <laughs> you're going ham you're going insane but yeah and of course we at APM we will support you 
all the way in your career. And <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but yeah, this has kind of been it of our interview. And before we um, let you off, and again, just zoom into the boons and stuff like that, <laughs> could you kind of just let us, like our listeners, know where they can find you specifically? Yeah, but so so um, I'm across all socials. You, you name it: uh, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Facebook, mm, yeah, you know, do your little find. Maybe, uh, maybe there's some that I don't know, but uh, you can find me at G R E N T P E R E Z Grant Perez. Uh, shout out, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and listen to his music; it's so good. Thank you. Ah, but yeah, thank you so much for joining us, Lee. You want to have a final? <laughs> you want to say farewells? Um, yeah, thanks for coming and for listeners. Stream. Absence of you. Oh, oh, that is your is favorite that, is that song. Your favorite song? Yeah. Um, sorry, I didn't play oh, it. No, it's okay. Um, it wasn't like concert vibes. I get it. Yeah, I, I think I want to though. Maybe in my next one, hopefully, just for you. Oh, is there a song that you have in mind, Leash? Oh, oh, for me. Oh, you're already playing Clementine, which is my favorite. Okay, good. Like, hey, that's my that's my favorite song as well. Oh, Clementine. That's right, Lily. Get wrecked. Ah. <laughs> My, but my everybody else is uh, everybody else in my family loves absence of you. I don't know. They're all ops, oppositions now. You're tuning in to Asian Pop Nation here on Sin. We played some requests from Matthew and Vivan. They were Fairy Elements' Sakura Frappuccino, Lil Navalli's Heavy Mental, and Eric Nam's The Night. But that last song you just heard, actually, was Rude Alpha's Papakatsu Tokyo. And speaking of Tokyo and Japan, you might have seen on Netflix recently a new second season to the reality TV show The Future Diary. Has anyone heard of it? Oh, I heard I s- about it in the meeting about this radio segment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, no, it is not the anime series. Oh, no. That's no. a different future diary. This oh. one is the future diary, although oh. both have the same Japanese name, Mirai Nikki. Oh, yeah. Um, and it follows at least the first season, two, and in the case of the second season, three young people who are given instructions on how to win each other's hearts through a diary that prophesizes what will happen on their dates. So if they say you're going to meet this person who's going to be your love, ta-da, on that day, it's going to happen. Wonderful, right? The only downsides are the participants in the show can't share their contact details with each other or meet outside the filming process. And sometimes they will receive a separate message in a diary that the other hasn't seen. But the main, I guess, qualm of the show is that once the show reaches its conclusion, they can never see each other again. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, that's whack. Maybe I'm not the target demographic for this because, okay, so my thought process of watching season two straight away, I did not watch season one at all. And Xenia went the route of watching season one first. And I don't think you have plans for season two. I, I hate love triangles. Okay. So I'm not going through season two. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So like my process of watching season two first was because I love love triangles and I love as much drama as I can get in a TV show. And maybe... Maybe I'm just so, I'm so used to watching so much like trash reality TV shows that I expect drama from like the first second in. And so this, this did not give me. Drama for you? <laughs> <laughs> They're a bit too nice about this love triangle. Like I, okay, I watch episode. Oh my God. <laughs> That's my criticism. It's too wholesome. You, yes. you want them to just go full savage on each other? Like, I is that what you want? I don't know. You want okay. the world to burn like this? Celeste, does this sound like something you'd watch? 
Um, look, it's better than the regular The Bachelor with <laughs> one guy and a bunch of girls. Um, it's just like I like the concept of it. It's just did I have like those moments? Like, is it a comment on? Did I write that in? Just like a bang, <laughs> like on the wall. <laughs> so this is like, the girl, yes. Like, like <laughs> curate this now. So how what? Yes, like there have romantic yeah. moments, but no comedons yet. I think it would okay. be funny. I would love that. They should do third hilarious. season high school edition. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Heck yeah! Anyway, I want to know Zenya because you watched the whole thing. I watched it all. Oh. Something about Japanese reality TV show. I'm not much of like as much as like I like romance. There's a certain amount of drama that I can tolerate, okay. and I feel like Japanese reality TV shows kind of toe the line. It's a nice line between oh. like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous, to like, there's not enough romantic elements. And the show was great. I liked it. Um, so essentially. I've made like this list of like a coded list filled with emojis that yes. encapsulate some of the things that I remember about the series. Now, disclaimer, obviously these people <laughs> are going through some really ridiculous, like very planned out situations, but I feel like that's part of the charm is that they together don't know what's going to happen to them. And that sort of strengthens their bond so I think this is probably my favorite example of something ridiculous, but they kind of bonding over it was they were at the beach. They'd visited her hometown, Okinawa. And the diary says that he's going to rescue your hat from the water as the wind blows it away. And they're like, okay, but her hat's on her head. The wind's fine. What's going to happen? And a dude with a leaf blower is walking along the shore. <laughs> <laughs> For a good five seconds, he's blowing the leaf blower at her face waiting for the hat to blow up into the wind. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> moments like that where it's like, this is ridiculous, but it's uh, it's fun and it's you're making memories, I suppose. Um, but there were heartbreaking moments. Um, for example, he's from Hokkaido. And since she's from Okinawa, which is at the southern tip of Japan, very beachy, tropical, she's never seen snow before. So they had a date in Hokkaido, um, but the diary tells him that he needs to drive three hours to a mountain. Mind you, it's like July, it's summer, and he needs to fetch snow for her so that she can see snow for the first time. And he has to be back by 7 p.m. or else this bus is going to come and take her away and he'll never see her again. And so he's like rushing, climbing up this mountain. He's got this cooler esky and he's putting snow in the um, cooler bag and he has to drive all the way back but it, oh no there's a traffic block he has to run now <laughs> and he's oh running God. and he's running but it's 703 when he arrives he just missed her and he doesn't know if he'll ever see her again so he goes onto the bench he sits down and then he brings outside out of the esky a little snowman with a beanie a little skull. Oh my God. and he puts it on the bench and he starts crying what <laughs> And she's crying because she knows she probably won't see him again on the bus to the airport. And then, obviously, that's not the end because uh, that was like the third episode. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, it was. And it's also cute at the end of each episode, they show pictures yes, that they took yes, together. They, yes, they do that in season two, too. I thought that was the cutest little thing. I was like, wow. That is so good. Yes, in the end credits, because they take photos throughout like the course of the day. And then in like the end credits, you just see all the photos rolling in. And I'm like, no, Netflix, I don't want to click, go to the next episode. I want to see more of these little like (laughs) little photos. It's so cute. As I just think like in my case, the photos are times a thousand because I'm just seeing a bunch of like her and two other men 
I'm like, wow, <laughs> which photo dangles do I like better? Which guy takes the best selfies? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so cute. That's so wholesome. It is wholesome. It's very wholesome. Um, yeah, I hope they make another season. I, I'm not sure how the love's triangle is going to end, <laughs> but I'm curious to know if anyone is following along, whether it's worth the watch, whether a third season's on the works. But speaking of love and diaries and dates and two timing and bridges and bells, we're going to play Loverboy 88, or is it 88, Celeste? <laughs> 88, I think. <laughs> we're going to play Loverboy 88 by 88 Rising, Fumvit Furut, and The Higher Brothers. So keeping the love theme going. This is Asian Pop Nation on Sin. You've just heard three songs. The first is Thai artist Pum Vifurit and Chinese artist Higher Brothers with Loverboy88. Next, we had two songs from Japanese artists. The first was Chan Mina with Dahlia. And then we had Topham Hakyo with the very interestingly named song Eskrp. These three songs have been chosen by Celeste as part of our celebrations for her last ever show here on Sin. We've all been in a bit of a daze this week as the election occurred last weekend, actually, on the 21st of May. The main story of this year's election was the rise of what they call the Teal Independence, which is a bunch of actually all women independents campaigning on a platform of climate change. Um, but also we saw a lot of former safe liberal seats going to Labour candidates. This particular government, the 47th Parliament of Australia, has a lot of firsts. Linda Burney will be our first Aboriginal woman to be Minister for Indigenous Australians. And Penny Wong will be the first ever foreign minister who was born outside of Australia. Now, you might be thinking, all right, that's all good and cool, but why is Asian Pop Nation talking about politics? We're not particularly known for our political aptitude. Well, this time around, the number of federal members in Parliament with Asian heritage has doubled. In the previous term, we had just three seats occupied by MPs of Asian backgrounds out of a total of 151 seats. So basically 2% of the House of Representatives. For comparison, at the 2016 census, 10% of the total Australian population were born in Asia, a quarter of Melbournians declaring themselves as having Asian ancestry. So this is a nice change, having MPs that, from a racial point of view, are more representative of their constituents. Since our show focuses on highlighting Asian representation, we wanted to talk through the list of six Asian Australians who have been newly elected to the 47th Parliament of Australia. First of all, starting off with Sam Lim. Now, Sam Lim is the newly elected member for Tangney in Western Australia, and his win is pretty notable because he is definitely not a career politician. My goodness, he's done a lot of things. So what we do know of him is that he was a policeman who was named the WA Officer of the Year in 2020 for his outreach work with multicultural communities during the pandemic. And he, he joined the Australian Police Force in 2006 and worked in their community engagement division. He speaks 10 languages as well, including Malay, Mandarin, Indonesian and Burmese. Uh, this guy is pretty crazy. He was also previously a dolphin trainer and a Buddhist monk. So probably one of the most unique candidates I've ever come across. There is an interview of him on ABC News where he says dolphins are so genuine. Dolphins will never hurt you. If you feel hurt, you just jump into the swimming pool. The dolphins will come to you and try and comfort you. Yes, so that's the new MP for Tangney. Yes, this is huh. the kind of politician we need. 
<laughs> this man is very dolphin oh, representation. He's Malaysian. Dolphin representation. Who else do we have, Tracy? Well, Leisha wanted to talk through Sally Sutton. Yes, I do want to talk about this particular Labour elected member, Sally Suto. She is representing the Reed electorate in New South Wales. She defeated the Liberal MP Fiona Martin, and yeah, this one was particularly very interesting because if you like myself have been scrolling through the internet and especially during the election season, you would have seen this. Big controversial moment that happened with Fiona Martin and Sally Suto because they were, I think they were doing like a radio debate, and Fiona kind of got herself into a big controversy because she was accused of confusing Sally with another Asian Australian candidate who was Tu Lee in particular, and yeah, she was making comments like, "Yeah, because you failed a round at Fowler," quotations, and Sally was like, "I think you're just making stuff up," and then people were like. Oh no! I think Fiona legitimately is getting her confused with another Asian Australian candidate, which is just like God. We're really doing this still in 2022. Oh, it's just it's shocking to me. Again, this happened live on radio, so you guys, if you want to see it, it is available everywhere for your own eyes and ears to analyze the whole situation and form <laughs> your own opinion about it. But. Yeah, that's who I specifically wanted to mention, and of course Sally herself. She is of Chinese heritage, and she is mentioned to be like a daughter of parents who fled Laos after the Vietnam War. And yeah, cool to also see her as part of the parliament now. Wow, the new member for Fowler in New South Wales, Dailey, also comes from adversity because she actually migrated to Australia as a refugee when she was 11 years old. Daly being elected is probably one of the more interesting stories on this list because she basically won a very very safe Labor seat as an independent. The seat of Fowler has been retained by the Labor Party since it was created in 1984. Now, Leisha was talking about Tuli before, and Tuli was actually almost the Labor candidate for Fowler. One of the reasons why Daly won is because the Labor candidate for Fowler ended up being Christina Keneally,、um, who did not live in the area and was essentially parachuted in as a candidate in a very safe Labor seat because they wanted her in Parliament without thinking about the fact that elected seats are meant to represent their constituents. So Daly winning the seat feels like an act of karma, maybe for like Tuli.、Um, Fowler notably has a very ethnically diverse community. Sixteen percent of the population is of Vietnamese ancestry, and eleven percent of the population has Chinese ancestry. For our next candidate, we're going to be going to a very different seat. This is Higgins in Victoria, and Higgins is known as one of the richest electorates, I think, in Australia. It's home to South Yarra and Toorak, infamously wealthy suburbs in Melbourne. And this seat has been won for the first time ever by a Labor MP as well, Michelle Ananda Rajah. She's a doctor of Tamil descent who was previously a physician at the Alfred Hospital, specialising in infectious diseases. A lot of people have been saying how the results from this election probably might be the most like diverse group of like parliament members we've seen in a while, and I would say this would especially be reflected with the fact that we have a lot more South Asian rep guys. Let's go. Okay, so yes, not only Michelle Ananda Raja, but we also have Zanita 
Mosh Karin Haas, as well as Cassandra Fernando, both also coming into the parliament. It's still mind-blowing me a bit, like Zanita in particular. She contested the electorate of Swan, which is in WA, which has also been a siege that has been held by the Liberals since 2007. Uh, and then with Cassandra, again, she is Sri Lankan. She is born in Sri Lanka, and then she came to Australia at the age of 11. And again, she also, she did a lot of like tutoring migrants and refugees from non-English-speaking backgrounds. And I just personally... I love seeing all these faces and I know we legitimately still have a really, really long way to go because as Tracy mentioned a little bit earlier in the show, the percentages are still, they're kind of not matching up to the actual amount of like population of a diverse like population we have here in Australia. And so while I think we're making the right steps at the moment of parliament slowly kind of reflecting how everyday Australia is, I feel like we still have a long way to go. Uh, yes, that's about it for APN's election coverage. Speaking of future Australian leaders, our next song coming up will be a song called The Leaders from Korean boy group 80s. After that, we'll be playing Nikki with the song Low Key. And after that, She She featuring Oji with Tensions. Hello everyone who's listening to Asian Combination right now. You are hearing from me, Leisha. And earlier we played these trio of songs, starting first with 80s with the leaders. We also played Nikki with her song called Low Key. Very, very popular, great track right there. And lastly, we played Shishi featuring Ozi with the song called Tensions. If you're just listening to our show right now, we're kind of playing all these songs. Um, which are all picked out by our team member Celeste. And if you want to know a little bit more behind the scenes and whatnot about some of her decisions, make sure to listen to our podcast, a little subtle plug there, Asian Foundation Podcast, available everywhere and anywhere you stream your podcast. But yes, back to uh, the story of tonight. And very similar to the title of the last song I mentioned, which was Tensions again, um, this story right now, yeah, it's kind of filled with a little bit of tension. I'm going to story you through why exactly. It involves two quite popular actors you might know, Henry Golding, Simu Liu. And yeah, there was some mayhem online, particularly for Crazy Rich Asian fans. Um, plus the general Malaysian and Singaporean Twitter population, which included me in it. <laughs> When IndieWire posted a tweet about a recent podcast episode with Simu Liu, and pretty much the tweet was like, it was quoting a specific part of the podcast about Simu Liu mentioning like his disappointment that um, he wasn't cast as the lead role, Nick Young, in Crazy Rich Asians, after he auditioned like four times, I think. Um, and then, yeah, the tweet also mentioned, oh, the reasoning that he kind of deducted was that he didn't have the quote-unquote it factor for Hollywood. And this essentially caused a massive debate on Twitter, of course. What else website will have a big debate moment <laughs> about a movie that came out how many years ago? Anyways, yeah. Because some people started speculating that like Henry Golding, the Malaysian-British actor who is the movie's lead, they speculated that, oh, he must have been constant because of him being half-white. And again, this pains me. There was also additional comments made 
pretty much people comparing the suitability of the two actors and how they would suit the character Nick Young, which people suggesting because like Simi Liu is ethnically Chinese, that the role in quotations make more sense for him. And people being like, oh, how does a Malaysian British actor, what would they know about Singapore? Okay, anyways, <laughs> breathing in and out, Leisha. Peace, calm. Yeah, so naturally, many Malaysians and Singaporeans came together online in a really beautiful moment of solidarity, which hasn't happened since MasterChef UK and the chicken rendang situation. That was the last time we were ever at peace, but now this will officially be the other, other time that Malaysians and Singaporeans have got together in defense of Henry Golding supporting our boy. They kind of came together sharing about like how the two countries have a very like shared history and cultures and saying how Southeast Asia is again a much more diverse region than how non-Southeast Asians perceive it to be and that Henry Golding in whole just kind of reflects that whole thing perfectly. And also the fact that Henry Golding is not only part Southeast Asian but is also of um, Ivan Heritage, which is an indigenous group in Sarawak, was also a very, very key point mentioned throughout this whole debate. And some even saying that Henry Golding's appearance resembles how other Southeast Asians or Sarawakians look. And yeah, that's kind of the main thing about this drama. Before I kind of go a bit insane as resident Malaysian of this group here, I wonder what, what do you guys think about this? I, I really am curious what you guys have to say. Man, who cares? <laughs> I mean, you make a point because, again, this movie came out how long ago? <laughs> the less do you care? I, I don't know. <laughs> oh my it's god! It's such a because, like, I am not in that position, but also, I think just considering all these circumstances, Henry Golding was the perfect pick because, like, even though he's like pop. British and part Malaysian. He's still Asian um, and he's still grown up with Malaysian culture. Mm-hmm. And don't hate me, Alicia, but um, I consider Malaysia and Singapore it's like <laughs> under the, the same, same sort of thing. thing. <laughs> okay. I like Singapore, <laughs> sorry. Alicia <laughs> is seething. But yes, yeah, so similarly, he's just like ethnically Chinese. Um, he's grown up with a different culture. Like Southeast Asia is just completely different to just Chinese culture. Um, in many ways there are similarities but there's just so many differences between the two um, that's why I think someone who's more closer to Southeast Asian to play the part is the better fit in my opinion um, don't hate me anyone who's a fan of Similia he, look he got his Marvel movie it's fine <laughs> yeah exactly he's got yeah, the exactly. Marvel paycheck what are you what are you odd about um, y'all want to hear my thoughts about this <laughs> Yeah, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Oh, Take it away, Alicia. What are your thoughts on this? Okay. I can, I can tell you care a lot about this. As resident Malaysian, my take, let's go. Okay, so last time when I said I was going to do like a little rant, but then I ended up not doing it was when we talked about Raya and the Lost Dragons for the Oscars. And I like contained myself there. I, I was being very nice, very sweet. I feel like today I fear I do not have much control because this whole like drama took me out. I just, I couldn't believe what was happening because so many things were just being said from people who are not Southeast Asia. And it really opened my eyes into how much people outside of Southeast Asia think about Southeast Asia. And they really don't know anything. They don't know a lot. Celeste earlier mentioned how, yes, you can kind of see Malaysia and Singapore almost as like one whole group together. 
And while, yes, we are like separate countries and everything, and there are certain nuances between the two countries, this was the one situation where Malaysians and Singaporeans actually came together and talked about how similar we both were <laughs> to defend Henry Golding. So this is the one time where actually, yes, we were like, actually, we're both so similar. <laughs> But yes, if you Google open a textbook or something, you would know that Malaysia and Singapore actually used to be in a federation together and we're going to be a nation together. Geographically, we're very close. And we also have ties of shared history. So it's kind of ridiculous for people to question how a Malaysian British man can play this Singaporean character and like similarly a Chinese Canadian man can do so much better. Okay, let's, let's dial it down a bit. People only came up with that conclusion because they perceive Singapore to just be primarily Chinese. And I'm like, I don't know where you get this information from because again, Singapore, like Malaysia, very similar in the fact that we're very diverse cultures. Yes, there is usually an ethnic group that has a slightly higher percentage of population. But when you go into these countries, it's such a diverse crowd. But yes, I rewatched Crazy Rich Asians because of this situation. <laughs> And all I have to say is, this is the one problem you guys wanted to talk about with Crazy Rich Asians when there are so many other things we could oh be analyzing about in this movie. Oh, there's um, so much wrong with this movie. Exactly. Like... This movie takes place in Southeast Asia, and this movie has zero reflection of like the actual diversity that existed. And like the very few actors that are actually Southeast Asian, Michelle Yeoh, Henry Golding in particular, they are great in the role and all stuff. I fear the movie has a problem where there's too too much Asian Americans in it for a movie that is about Southeast Asia. Asian rep is not just your mainland China rep. It's it's beyond there. It's a similar problem that everyone's have been having with, because in America it's AAPI month at the moment, and there's also a lot of talk around there about how even when companies like YouTube or stuff like that they're repping about AAPI, they're only focusing on East Asian stories. They don't focus on South Asians. They don't focus on Southeast Asians. They don't focus on Central Asians. They don't do any of that. Oh, and also it's AAPI, Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders. There's Pacific Islanders in the name, and Pacific Islanders are not even like they just get they just their stories don't get mentioned at all. And I think society in general there's this whole problem where we're still perceiving Asians as just East Asia full stop, and this whole problem is just re-exaggerating this whole overarching big problem that we have. <laughs> I don't know. And again, yes, I crazy rich Asians so much more other problems. I could do a whole rant about how much the only times you see Indian characters in Crazy Rich Asians, you're playing police and security, perpetuating Indian Singaporeans. It's like, ooh, scary, scary, bad, bad. That's freaking terrible. I could go all day about this, but no, the drama we're having is about this because people think. Ah. <laughs> Leisha, um, you know, at the end of all of this, you know, this is this does seem to be quite quite a matter that um, strikes deep in your heart. So I'd like to ask you. Um, really serious question um out of 10 southeast asians how <laughs> would you rate this problem wait how much southeast asians would i rate out yes of out of 10 out of 10 southeast asians how many but is what she rating I, crazy yeah, asians the debate like this this whole this whole issue this whole issue yeah in terms of like oh i don't know any criteria i love how the know. other southeast asians um zanier and jp are just like yeah whatever don't yeah. care <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> this is our, this is our part of southeast asia no, we're getting I, our own see, movie. I'm, I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite secure as a filipino 
we yeah, can yeah, rant yeah. all about that afterwards. Yeah, we're <laughs> fine. We're fine. Yeah. Dude, Sorry. Filipinos, Alicia, take the floor. We'll, we'll have our time to shine later. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. This is a little fight between Don't worry. the little brothers down a little further from, from the Philippines. No, don't. You see, Alicia, <laughs> I'm quite secure as a Filipino because, you know, we guys, we're like just everywhere, you know? So, like, no matter where you look, every corner you turn, there will always be a Filipino. That's how we are. We just kind of take whatever we can get, like crazy rich Asians. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, all right, sure. Why not? Let's go for it. In Kanto, yeah. 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 We're like, yeah, pretty much, you know? Man. I mean, okay, same. Like, Malaysians, we do take what we get, but we're also very pretentious about Henry Golding is a, he's a, he's a, the gold star okay in our gold country star. you say something about this man be prepared for hell and i mean in this situation uh, this whole drama i will rate it a negative one <laughs> negative one out of ten southeast Asians. Then, you heard it here first folks but wait 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 <laughs> but also i will rate it a good 9.5 southeast Asians out of because i did like seeing malaysians and singaporeans get along together like we somebody made this funny comment about saying like could Simulu say one more comment about henry golding and then malaysia singapore can find like world peace and be one nation again like in the 60s they're like one more comment one more comment sir it was a wild time on the internet that's all i'll say but oh my god i got so heated about this Yes, listeners, let us know, I guess, what you think about this whole situation. Henry Golding, he's a national star in Malaysia. And we are going to be playing another song by another person, I would also say, has a special gold star in Malaysia. It's Yuna. You've seen me gush about her a long time. We're going to be playing Yuna featuring Kyle with the song called Likes. You are listening here on Asian Pop Nation. Yo, 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 what's up? You're listening to Asian Pop Nation. And the song you just listened to was Ola by Chalmiko, who, by the way, on June 1st, are releasing their fourth album called Gokige. So, you know, check them out. Uh, but before that song as well, we also played Likes by Yuna featuring Kyle and Narsi by Holland. Now, today we are here to talk about a magnificent little story involving crabs. So, Bengoshi.com, a legal news website, reported last month that a hotel guest was charged with damage fees due to uh, apparently using an electrical electric kettle in their room to boil crabs twice. So <laughs> the hotel uh, claimed that the makeshift cuisine had caused several issues, such as their ability to rent out the room for several days because the room literally just smelled like crab. It was so bad, they straight up could not remove it at all. So... The hotel guest, however, got very grumpy with that, and they challenged the statement, and they managed to reduce their damage claim from 308 US dollars to about 130 US dollars for the deodorization of the room, and uh, $38 for a new kettle as well. Oh, by the way, this is all set in Japan. This is a Japanese hotel, Japanese resident. Um, and so, yes, he managed to make those claims smaller. But no, objection, the guest still did not want to pay for the damages because he felt it was not justifiable because he claimed that the air purifier was on while boiling the crabs and technically there were no written rules opposing the boiling of crabs so you know nothing that says you couldn't boil crabs so you may as well right 
So many, gen many of the general public's comments about this case seem to unanimously side with the hotel because a lot of them think the guy was kind of dumb for, oh, no, just, you don't, you don't do that in a hotel, man. Like is you're, you're messing up everything. Don't Why not? That. Why not? That was you, wasn't it? You were the resident, weren't you, Zenia? <laughs> I don't even know how to cook crabs, but I just know they taste good. Um... Yeah, they do taste good, but don't use a hotel kettle for that. You know, it's not good. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's more like it's not the first thing that would come to mind to cook in a hotel room. Yeah. You don't really have the space or the utensils to boil crabs. No, not really. Um, but beyond that, in terms of what's happening with the actual story, it is actually still an ongoing case. Uh, they still got lawyers going about doing their own thing. And um, yes, it's pretty crazy. So I'm going to pose a dumb little question to Celeste because you're the <laughs> birthday girl. Oh, um, thanks. <laughs> yeah, you know, this is just for you. This is the most I can do for you. Um, if you could get away with boiling anything in an electric kettle, what would it be? <laughs> um, why would you put the beaded girl on pain like this? <laughs> I've had a thought, you know, just like... What? Um, you know, in, if I didn't have the cup of noodles, I just had a pack, I'd probably put the noodles in. Oh. oh. And then just have my two-minute noodles. Um, but also, I was also thinking that Boiling a crab in a kettle would be the perfect revenge um, story for leaving a house that you did not like. Like you had really crap housemates. Yeah. Or you yeah. like have, you just broke up with your partner. That was like. <laughs> they were like terrible, right? Yeah, so they were terrible. Crab. It's a crab bomb, crab basically. We, we've had a few cases of such things before. I remembered we um, many, many eons ago, there are a few other similar stories of this sort of thing. Like you had people, you know, with durian and stuff. I think there was another case of some guy, like he cooked this uh, so, sort of like uh, obscure Chinese dish full of like snails and stuff. And it smelled up the place so badly that people had to evacuate. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's pretty crazy. Tracy, what would you put in an electric kettle? Well, I say I have tried boiling eggs in the electric kettle at a hotel before. Oh, really? Did it work? Not really. They were quite raw. Oh. I think you need to boil it maybe a few times in order mm -hmm. for it to be okay. But, you know, eggs are nice because they, they don't sort of emit a, a scent, really. Yeah, when yeah. Mm, that's so true. They're pretty safe. Choice. Yeah. Pretty okay. inert um, in terms of the outer shell, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a good strat. I'll write that down. Oh, you, Zanya, what would you put in an electric kettle? Um... Hmm. Soup. 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 <laughs> oh, could we make ramen in electric kettle? Oh my god. <laughs> oh no. wait, wait. With ramen, don't you have to like cook just... the broth for like a day or two? That's why the kettle just put it in the kettle. It. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. All these suggestions. I'm just feeling so sorry for whoever has to clean the kettle off. Yeah, I know. I'm so sorry. We should just like get a hotel room and we try all of this. <laughs> oh, <just> leave. <laughs> Yeah, disclaimer, uh, we suggest you don't do this. Like, Yeah, don't do this, by the yeah, way. Yeah, you will Although, have to pay. <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, I was thinking about it, like how people put, like, how people make a cake in, like, rice cooker and stuff. Yeah. But then my brain was like, oh, Alicia, you're so dumb. Like, kettle, it's, you're putting, you're trying to put liquid stuff in it. And I'm like, uh -huh. yeah, I should totally just make, like, a cake with it. I'm like, cake? this doesn't work. Because my brain was thinking, like, right, like how people make cakes and rice cookers nowadays. Uh -huh. And then I was wait, like, wait, 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 no, 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 it would work though. Cause, like, cake, it starts as like a batter, right? Like, liquid. A very, like, thick batter. But, like, it could work. 
You sure? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, could. let's just you let's know? just rent out a hotel room. Try it out right now. See what happens. Yeah, no. f- official APN kettle experiments. Yeah. Yeah. Every we're, every we're. hotel in Melbourne suddenly is like, we're not these people, <laughs> except for Celeste because she's except leaving. for Celeste because yeah, she's not affiliated with Celeste. Okay. You have to cut all contacts with us if you want to be safe. Oh, no. <laughs> but I want to hear how this goes. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll be good, Celeste. We won't cause trouble. That's what we'll do. I know on my end with an electric kettle, I'd love to try put batteries in it. Oh my god! What the heck? Okay, we were all going for like little edible choices here, and uh, JP wants to burn the hotel down. Yeah, (laughs) you actually, you were serious about the whole chemical, like, just weapon thing. Yeah, no, but you know, it's just like, you know, I'm just curious, you know, like, what happens if you put battery? Anyway, you can hear from from the resounding silence, that did anybody approve the idea? You be done. Obviously not. Okay. I think you secretly were like, you're all just nodding silently. Yeah, secretly. <laughs> yeah. You can't, yeah, yeah listeners right. can't, okay. can't see it. But, Zenyo, you know. don't put I... me in your criminal activities, Missy. <laughs> this is our third strike in this okay. one segment. Very well, chaotic. You've heard it here first, folks. We have the craziest ideas for electric kettles. If you have any, actually, please don't. Don't, do, don't put stuff in electric kettles. But um, if you got anything funny to say about this cute little story, let us know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. Thanks for listening to the segment, guys, because next up we have a song that uh, sadly is not related to crabs, but it is called Keep Cold by Numcha. I'd say, you know, when it's when it comes to keep cold, um, you know, don't use the kettle, (laughs) you know, keep it cold. (laughs) Don't go crazy with it. But yes, enjoy the music. So you just heard Temple by Dao and the Get Down, Stay Down. Uh, before that was San- Santa by Goose. How do you say? It? Is it just Goose? What's just just say Goose <laughs> <laughs> by Goose and Numchas? Keep cold. You're listening to Asia Pop Nation on Sin, and we're about to go into a bit of story time. Before we do that, let's sing Happy Birthday! Yay. No, yeah. please don't. No, bridge version. Uh, oh, like, say three. it in a different language. Anyone who's been listening throughout the entire show tonight may know, um, Celeste, this is your last show with us. How how time flies. Um, you've been here since, was it 2018? Yeah, 2018. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> Now's the time to ask questions about Celeste, who's practically an APN veteran. Uh, my first question is, Celeste, why APN? <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I didn't know anything about Sin. It was my friend who was really interested in journalism and radio, and she joined um, Asian Pop Nation because she was into K-pop. And so when she came into being EP, she dragged me along because not many people were signing up because APN's always had a history of just non-signing up. Except for this year. Yeah, weird. except for this year. Yeah, guys, you know, it's just my EP powers. I don't you know. don't understand the struggle. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, so she dragged me on. Um, and for those of you who don't know, um, to be a part of SIN, you have to complete an induction and be a member. I was not. 
a member and oh. I wasn't a member from because I, I I started in February and then I didn't be, do my induction until October. <laughs> Scandalous. But yeah, to be no fair, worries. I was like on and off. I was traveling around that time as well. So mm-hmm. yay, fun time. I mean, and like no harm about talking about it either. Now it's like, what are they gonna do? Kick you out? <laughs> I'm really leaving by. What were some of your most favorite or memorable moments as an APN host and EP? Oh yes, you were eventual EP after the whole timeline moment. Um, I think the very first interview I did was with Dami Im, and that was the most nerve-wracking thing ever. <laughs> um, going into the deep end, wow. Yeah, I know. Um, and good thing it was pre-recorded because that was so awkward <laughs> as hell. <laughs> um, and that's why I don't really enjoy interviewing as much, but I do like chatting to, I think some of the later ones that we did, um, when Zenia, when you were in the EP, like with Ashwarya, that was fun. Um, and then I think I did one with Julisha with Jason Leong. So, oh, oh my God. Fill the big names. We're going great. Are we getting more interviews, right, Leisha? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Build up a report. Get the more famous people in because I tried to get in 88 Rising at one point and then that just, there was an email back from them and then it stopped. <laughs> wow. Keep trying, Leisha. Spam them. Yeah. You can do it. Let's Jackson go. Wang, we, we can get there. Yeah, Jackson. <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> Um, the worst things. <laughs> oh, the worst thing. Because um, 2020 was COVID. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a great year because I was year to rat. Um, uh, and then COVID happened. So we had like six shows and then we had to go remote. So that was sad. Um, I miss being in the studio. Uh, pre-recording is fun because I get to edit myself to sound good most of the time. <laughs> That's like my favorite bit about it. It's like you don't hear me stuff up a lot. Um, but yeah, being in the studios, I miss to like, being communal aspect of it um yeah and I, I'm excited for you guys to go back to studios and to experience the anxiety the pressure the oh my gosh this song didn't play it cuts through um <laughs> oh no we have a song request where do we fit this in oh my thing? gosh we turn off jazzler by accident yeah, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> hmm, I've done that before oh. <laughs> is this about just- the highlights moment of studio <laughs> Not just Jazzler. I turned off the PC. I actually hit the off button. Oh <laughs> so, yeah, that was a great time. And there was another time um, if, when you get to experience Jazzler. For those of you who don't know, that's how we um, schedule songs to play on air. Um, Jazzler decided one day to just disappear from Windows, um, as in disappear as an open app. So it was still playing songs, but it just wasn't present. So I had to restart the computer oh, <laughs> for Jazzler oh to work God. again. Um, but it worked out okay. None of the listeners, none of you listeners noticed anything because we played it on a second PC and like, I'm cool like that. <laughs> Man, you have the energy of like, you know, uh, you know, like a, a World War II veteran or something. You're going like, yeah, back in the day, we just, you know. I'm a, yeah, I've hit that age. Yeah, <laughs> we just use buckets to shower and... <laughs> We had to walk two like two miles to go. Two to miles to go, yeah, you know. That's <laughs> yeah, well, we used to like have the old studios. They were gross and dark, and really? you will be entering into the new studios. They're so well lit. Um, so clean. So clean um, yeah. New panels. Oh my god, you'll have such a delight. So I'm just waiting for you all to go into studios live. Let me know when that happens. Well, you know, speaking of processes and stuff, you know, Celeste, during your time as an EP, an executive producer, uh, tell the listeners what you actually had to do as an EP. 
Like what what kind of things did he actually have to like I don't know, what does an EP do? I basically followed what the previous APN EPs did and that was do everything. <laughs> Oh my god. Delegation? What's that? Delegation? No, not doesn't exist. That's why, Alicia, you are so lucky right now that you have a full team and you're able to delegate tasks because I had a super small team and I didn't want to confront them with the amount of stuff that I was doing. So I was just like, I will do yeah. this. Scare them away. Uh, yeah. 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 It's oh so hard. Goodness. I still struggle with it a bit, even though, again, very grateful we have like a big team, but I'm still like, oh, again, it's about delegating them, but also being like, no, don't run away, please. Oh. <laughs> That's how it be. Celeste, as our resident wise person of APN, do you have any wise words to impart on us youngins, us, oh you know, people who don't know anything? Um, have fun. <laughs> Bro. Wow. Wow. That was, wow. I literally shed like a whole bunch of tears the moment she said that. I we need I need it like tattooed, framed, quote, everything. Put it in the have cinema fun. office. We'll change our APN better to have fun. So that's- <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. Oh my God. <laughs> Just enjoy it while you can because you'll be my age and then you'll leave and never return. But also I'm thinking, oh my god, I'm free. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, very well you have definitely served your time faithfully as a member of APN mm-hmm. oh, we'll miss you man <laughs> speaking of tears our next song is going to be a song by Kat and Kamel called Cry hello to all of our listeners whether you're tuning into our podcast or you're our listeners from on air right now hey it's me Leisha and let's go through all these songs that you first just heard the most recent one you heard comes from Bandit with the song called Venom but before that we also played Vava New World and the very very first song was by Australian duo Kat and Camille with the song called Cry which yeah our team has been in a bit of a like a somber or in a crying mood yeah and why is that exactly guys why so that's the last show man she's going yay hey come on <laughs> we, Listen, we had a thing going on there celeste oh. as we mentioned earlier this is celeste's law show and we had two specific discussions all about again celeste and her time in apn plus her talking to particular songs because surprise this entire music like playlist you've been hearing for today's show is all Celeste's pick. But yeah, what else did we have for tonight's show, guys? Well, you spent a long time talking about future dive. <laughs> <laughs> like a long time. Talk about subtle roasts. <laughs> and we know we learned about, you know, Malaysian Singaporean solidarity through the Simulio and Henry Golding um, Twitter debacle. So, you know, it's nice to always see enemies come together in the name of uh, roasting other celebrities. Yeah. Woo! Boo! <laughs> and if you missed it, check it out on our podcast version of the show, which comes out when, Leisha? When I upload it, because actually this is also my kind of law show, question mark. <laughs> temporary, temporary. <laughs> I am flying back to the motherland to pay my respects to Henry Golding, the golden star of <laughs> but yes the podcast it will be out everywhere that you stream on apple spotify google you know it 
And of course, what else will also be available in podcast form is our special interview we did with D. Grant Perez. I'm still just on the floor, shocked this even happened. But yeah, thank you so much for listening to our show tonight and for joining not just myself, but our team tonight of JP. Hi. Tracy. <laughs> Hi. Xenia. Yo. And our special, special last moment we can say this, Celeste. Yay! Oh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and I guess Celeste, as your final outro moment, you want to talk about this song we're going to be playing right now? Oh yes, so I picked the song by Ramen Girl, who's from Indonesia. She's a rapper, and this song is called Cashmere. And the reason why I chose the song is because the lyrics, like it constantly says, "When I die, I be covered in cashmere. When I die, I be covered in cash." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm vibing with that because yeah, <laughs> I'm it. dying from sin. Oh but on top of that, <laughs> the ending's beautiful. Um, because it just ends with um her speaking Chinese, saying um, "Jai Jian, what a pang Yeah. You'll hear the rest of it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we can't say that on radio. (laughs) But yes, on that note, I guess goodbye to all our listeners for this episode. Don't forget, you can send some requests um, before Friday, 12 p.m. We'll add them to the playlist next week. Maybe I'll send the request. <laughs> yes. And if you want to judge Celeste's music taste, we're going to make a special playlist for her. Yes, check that out too. We will showcase all of this through our social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Asian Pop Nation. And once again, yes, our podcast, Asian Pop Nation podcast, available anywhere and everywhere. You stream your podcast. Goodbye, everyone. And goodbye, Celeste. Bye. Bye, Celeste.